0: Drawing from his 28-year background in finance and investing to help you make sense of your money matter. New focus on wealth. Get a new focus on personal finance, wealth management, Wall Street, and the economy. Now your host for new focus on wealth, Chad Burton.
1: Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. If you have a money question for the show, just go to chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. Let's talk interest rates. So we enter 2023 with still an inverted yield curve. Inverted yield curve, what does that mean? Well, first of all, when we talk about an inverted yield curve, typically what's being referred to in the markets is two-year treasury bonds versus 10-year treasury bonds. So you're essentially loaning money to the government, United States government, either for two years or for 10 years in this situation. There's a lot of different options. If you go to treasurydirect.gov, you can learn all about these things. But that's typically what is being referred to. And right now, when you invest, if, if you want to buy a 10-year bond from the U.S. government as of uh, the close of the market on January 10th, 2023, 10-year bond is yielding 3.53%. So essentially you get... Interest payments of 3.53% of what you loan. And at the end of the 10 years, you're going to get your money back. However, the two-year treasury rate is paying higher. It's at 4.19% last I looked. So you can loan the money to the government for two years, get 4.9, 4.19% higher rate, and then get your money back in two years and do it all over again if you wanted to. So The question is, why would anybody buy the 10-year that locks up your money eight years longer and pays you about a little more than half a percent less income? Why not just buy a two-year note or treasury bond um, if rates are going to go up? And then in two years, just do it again. That's the idea that, okay, interest rates are going to continue to increase, so why not just invest every two years, almost like a ladder every two years? You either, you can either spend the money or reinvest it for another two years and maybe get a higher rate if rates go up. Well, here he, here's the reason why. And here's the reason why rates have actually pulled back a little bit since they peaked out even um back, what was it? Somewhere around October or so at above 4% on the 10-year treasury. If you own a 10-year bond, 10-year treasury bond, and the economy starts to falter, in other words, hey, the Feds have gone too far. They raised interest rates too much. And remember, what they deal with is the overnight learning rate between banks. So it more quickly affects the shorter-term bonds. But if you own a 10-year bond, and rates go the other direction, they go down, a 10-year bond value goes up faster than a two-year bond in most cases. And so the idea there is is that, okay, you buy a 10-year bond, you're going to get a little lower interest payment. But if the economy starts to falter, we go into recession, the feds have to stop raising interest rates and eventually reverse interest rates and go the other direction. You could get, let's say, rates go down by... 1% 1% or 2%. You could get a... Uh, you sell the 10-year bond early for like a 5 to 6% gain for exa- as an example. So you could actually create a profit out of it. So so that's a reason why not everybody's just, just buying the two years. Um, and in fact, what you see is in a bond portfolio, you typically have a mix of government bonds like I'm talking about, some corporate bonds, some tax-free municipal bonds. Right now in corporate bonds, especially in the one- to five-year reign range, you can buy bonds at a discount. So most bonds trade at a hundred bucks and you can buy them for less than that and earn interest and and then get, you know, more than what you put into it at the end of that period. And those are great for retirement accounts, for example. Most of the really good California municipal bonds, kind of in the three to 10 year range, trading at a premium. So you have corporates, governments, municipals, and look, the right approach is a ladder here where... You're either in a bond fund and a couple of different types of bond funds. You might need a corporate bond fund, a government bond fund, a tax-free municipal bond fund for your taxable account so that you're not paying any uh, taxes on the income. Or a laddered approach where this is right for if you have a half a million dollars or more that you're putting into bonds, you could do, for example, a one to 10-year ladder where let's just use a million-dollar example. Um, because in the Bay Area and, and other places where we've got a ton of listeners, it's typically well more than, you know, it's a couple million or more to be able to afford to retire. So say you're putting a million dollars into bonds. You do a 10-year ladder where you buy bonds that you're going to have a certain amount of bonds that mature every year. So typically you're going to get income on a million dollars, and then every year you're going to have about a $100,000 coming due where the bond matures, you get your money back, and you can either... Spend it, invest it in more longer-term bonds, or invest it in stocks if the stock market's dropped. And that way you have some certainty in terms of your cash flow. So what's interesting about this, this change in rates where we've had, I don't know, it's something like a 400% move up in the two-year treasury rates. I mean, over a year ago, um, if I look back at the... Uh, uh, race. I mean, you're, you're talking about sub 1% in anything from, you know, that six to two years on US government notes, bonds, or bills, which I'll talk about in a minute. And so, what's nice about this is that it has allowed retirees, people that need a significant amount of safe money, to earn interest on their safe money again. What's the right amount of safe money? Well, for the average family, you need to look at your expenses. You know, how do you pay your mortgage, your food, you know, keep the utilities going in your home? So if something bad happens, you have six to 12 months of those expenses in cash to go through a rough economy, a job change, a move, things like that, a health issue. You need six to 12 months. Retirees need to look at their portfolio draws. In other words, if somebody needs 150 grand a year to live, and they're getting fifty grand from Social Security between the two of them, they need $100,000 a year out of their portfolio. They typically need about three years' worth of that in safe, safe money to fight what's called the order of stock market returns. And in this case, order of bond market returns. Last year, the bond market was negative. It was the worst year since the 80s. Sometimes stocks and bonds go down together, so you need a certain amount of safe money in retirement to make sure you can weather the storm. Stock market treats you very well, as you've heard me say over and over again. 70 to 74% of the returns over a 20 year period are positive, but the rest are negative. And you got to make sure that you're managing your withdrawal strategy correctly in retirement. You'll be great, You'll be in fine shape. So the safe money in retirement, I mean, that's typically 10 to 15% a lot of the times for a lot of retirees, depending on the situation. It's a significant amount of a portfolio. And it's just been dead money until this last year. Now you can get online saving accounts at 3.45% or more. So for our clients, we use a couple of different options that range from 345 to 4% on FDIC insured money. Uh, and you just link it to your existing checking account where you pay all your bills. And Hey, you got, you actually have some decent return on your money. That's great. Um, there's a good site, uh, Nerd Wallet, where you can find some of these, you know, different rates across the country. Um, you know, Marcus and Ally and a couple of the other ones. You can find one year CDs now at four point one percent. Even better, open a TreasuryDirect.gov account, and this is something that we're going to talk about because, you uh, know, it, it it really you could with fifteen to thirty minutes. You can go to TreasuryDirect.gov, open an account, look at notes, bills, I-bonds, which are the things that you want to kind of focus on, really bills, which I'll talk about in, in detail here, Um, where you can earn a great rate of return on bills, T-bills from the government. And you can go very short term. You can go 4, 8, 13, 17, 26, or 52 weeks. So the thing to concentrate on is maybe the 26 and 52 weeks uh, bills, T-bills, which essentially is a way that you can invest with the government and it's going to mature and you're going to get your money back between 26 and 52 weeks. And within 15 to 30 minutes, you can open a treasurydirect.gov account. You can link it to your checking account and make these purchases. And the last time I looked at the 26 week bill that's around four and a half percent that's four and a half percent on six month money guaranteed by the government that's a little bit cumbersome to get them you know the, it's really easy to get the money in it's a little bit com- more cumbersome to get the money out in some cases but it's it's they've revamped the site a little bit it is a little bit better you want to make sure you have good security on your computer and things like that before you do this Say hello to a pass that gives you endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. You might call it the suitcases always packed pass or the wait I get to choose from 100,000 trips pass, the will it be the beach, city, mountains, or all three pass? Or you could just call it what we call it the Inspirado Pass. Endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. Learn more at InspiratoPass.com. Safe money for retirees. You now, keeping six to 12 months in a checking account, you know, over six is, is a bet. So combining that with savings account at your bank, online savings where you can earn 3.45% or more typically on FDIC-insured, liquid online savings accounts that you can link just to your normal everyday checking that you use. And then things like Treasury Direct where you can look at... So there's there's T-notes, which are notes with the government that are 2 to 10 years long. But what I'm talking about right now is T-bills because you, you might need this money anywhere between you know, six months and and a year. So you can look at 26-week uh, T-bills or 52-week T-bills. 52 weeks, that's the year, right? And minimum purchase is only 100 bucks. And the, again, the last time I looked at the 26-week, it went for around 4.45%. And it's a very short process to... Open an account at treasurydirect.gov. If you have a living trust, it's important that you open the account under your living trust. Because I will tell you, one of the most annoying things to deal with when I help people settle estates and get assets transferred to beneficiaries is paper bonds from the U.S. government. And then next would be uh, direct-held stocks like CompuShare and and Bank of New York and things like that. And And then finally, the accounts that are just in somebody's name without a named beneficiary or not under a trust. So I will say that. The other thing you can look at is I-bonds. You can only purchase $10,000 a year of I-bonds. There's ways to purchase more if you open multiple accounts, but it's kind of a pain. But even the I-bond rates are going to be good for a period of time. I-bonds, the current rate is 6.89%. And that's going to be the composite rate for bonds that are issued anywhere between November of 2022 through April 2023. Um, so r- for example, right now, if you buy an I bond, your rate is going to be at 6.89%, but the rate will change on July 1st because an I bond is made up of two pieces, a base rate, which is currently only 0.4%. And then an inflation rate that changes every six months and will be going down likely current though is 3.24% for the half a year. So if you multiply that by two and add the 40 the 0.4%, that's where you get the the 6.89. So if you're going to buy the I-bonds, you got to realize that rates are likely to go down as inflation starts to subside. But what's nice about the I bonds is they 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 grow tax-deferred. You don't pay any uh taxes on the increase in the value of the I bonds until you cash them in. And when you do, they're not taxable at the state level. Now, you do have to realize that. When you buy an I bond, if you you have to hold them for at least twelve months. And if you cash them in before five years is up, you're gonna lose the last three months of interest. But if you think about that, if you own it for, you know, twelve months and then cash it in, you're still about the same rate as a as a and lose three months of interest, you're still about the same rate as a one-year CD. So Pretty decent options out there to earn three and a half percent or more on your safe money for retirees, which helps offset the idea of inflation. Now, when we look at inflation, yeah, you know, obviously, inflation rates have gone way up. So, the average family of four is getting beat up by inflation. Once you go into retirement, it's a little bit, your spending is a little bit different. You spend a lot more in the early years as you're doing your bucket list travel and, you know, honey-do list and things like that at your house and maybe buying that RV and going on you know, or having a second home for a while. And then you get into your mid-70s, late 80s, you're not traveling as much, you're not eating as much, you're not buying as many new clothes. And it's kind of a smiley face if you look, you know, high and then lower and then your, your healthcare costs go up later in life. So you can control inflation a little bit more as a retiree. You're not driving to work as much, paying as much for gas as the person you know that does drive to work every day. So it has definitely helped. It's been a big help for retirees as long as people do something about it, right? You got you got to act. You got to get these things done. It takes a little bit of time, and if you will notice, a lot of this stuff has to do with being online and being secure. If you have a 10 year old computer and you're writing your passwords down on a note paper next to your computer. You are a disaster waiting to happen. You've got to get a newer... If your computer is... If if you're a wealthier person, you have enough money to retire and your computer's over three years old, why? (laughs) You just get a new up-to-date computer. You need virus protection, VPN. You need a password protection, dual authentication so that as you get into your computer, not only do you have to put in a password, but a secondary device like a code that goes to your cell phone. Same thing with your password vault. And that'll also help you track all of your passwords and and create passwords that are 12 digits or more long so that you're not subject to being hacked. The other thing is is that if you're on social media and you do those um, polls that you're, the name of your first boyfriend, the name of your first girlfriend, the, the name of your first pet, uh, your favorite place to travel, and you're doing those polls, those are hack attempts those are the people that that do those are just setting themselves up for being hacked so just be smart online and then this stuff will be you know really really helpful for you all right moving on um, because the reason I wanted to talk about the safe money is is because it affects the overall draw rate and and really how much somebody needs to save for retirement you have how long you're going to live you have the average rate of return on your investments your expenses and what rate of inflation to use in retirement? It all goes into the to the calculations. And one of the most common search terms last year was, "How much do I need to retire?" And the first thing you have to understand is inflation. Now, lately, inflation has been running very high, right? But in retirement, it is okay to use a more normal rate of inflation. You know, the two and a half to three percent inflation on normal costs. And 5% inflation on healthcare costs. So when we do this analysis, retirement analysis, we do very detailed cash flow projections where each item, you can see the inflation. You can see how much you're paying now and then how much you're going to be paying in 5, 10, and 15 years. The basic idea here is that about every 15 years or so, the value of a dollar is cut in half. So if you're spending, you know, $100,000 a year now in 15 years, you're going to need $200,000 a year to to maintain that same standard of living. That's, that's a key factor here. And so I talked about the smiley face spending issue too, where it's, you spend more in the beginning of retirement, you spend less in your mid seventies days, and then your healthcare costs start to go up and you spend more. So how much you need to retire is very relative to your expenses. Very relative. um, Some of the times, some of the the people that I see the most unprepared for retirement is in some of the highest professions, like uh, doctors, for example. In our industry, this is a very common situation where you see doctors that are finally making a ton of money, but then all of a sudden they're spending a lot of money. And part of that is because they did so much work to get to where they are, and then they finally paid off some student loans, and now they want around them a nice car, a nice house, and things like that to make it feel like it's being that, that, that they're finally getting paid off for all that hard work and the, the loans that they took out. But then they're not saving and they're drastically underprepared for retirement. Hi, this is Chad Burton. If you have questions about retirement and investing, it's time to get some answers. My website, chadburton.com has a ton of resources. There are downloads to help you determine how long your money will last in retirement, links to our webinars, and several videos discussing everything from retirement planning to tax-efficient investing, estate planning, insurance, and even saving for your kid's college. While you're there, also check out our tax planning and estate planning services in our video explaining our online wealth management tool. You can find links to the podcast at chadburton.com, and please like my Facebook page, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. This invaluable resource is able to show the values and allocations of all your accounts, regardless of where they're held. Information is updated each day at the end of market close, and these new numbers are fed into the financial projections we've created for our clients with the goal of constant financial clarity. You can find links to the podcast at chadburton.com, and please like my Facebook page, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. Talking about retirement distribution strategies for years, and so today I was just kind of going over a basic search term of people used a lot in 2022, which was, how much do I need to retire? We're talking about inflation, how much you need to retire is relative to your expenses, right? What, you know, what's your lifestyle? What are you used to? Uh, what do you want to do in retirement? If you've been working 40 to 70 hours a week and, and you have no hobbies or, you know, travel plans or, you know, skiing, whatever it may be, um, what are you going to do? And what's that going to cost? What's your age? What's the longevity in your family? Do you did you have parents that passed in their early seventies or do you have? you know, uh, a mom or a dad that's still alive and nearly 100 years old. What are your health care costs, right? Now, we know that uh, when we do financial planning, we know that after at 65 and beyond, you have your Medicare Part B costs, your supplemental insurance, your average co-pays and things like that. So the average retiree is spending $6,990 a year growing at 5% inflation for medical costs, but if they have a higher income situation, when it's a married couple and their you know taxable income or their modified adjusted gross income is over 180-ish, they start paying even more than that. It's known as IRMA. We've talked about that on the show. But what about a retiree that's retiring at 60? What does that cost from 60 to 65? Or if you're retiring at 55, what's that cost from 55 to 65? What plan are you going to go on under the Covered California plan. You know, and so most of my clients that are uh, higher income and they're on Medicare, the average is about $12,000 per year per person. So keep that in mind. That's that's also your income is going to drive some a lot of your healthcare costs too because of that Irma situation. Another driving factor of how much you need to retire is the taxes that you pay when you withdraw money. Most people now, the majority of their retirement savings is in a 401k in dollars that have never been taxed, never been taxed. So you have to assume that, okay, if I'm going to spend X, I need to withdraw X plus taxes out of my 401k every year in order to pay my bills. Other people retire and they have cash in the bank. They have Roth money that is non-taxable at all, 100% tax-free. They have a normal brokerage account where they own individual stocks or ETFs or mutual funds that are subject to capital gains. And in that type of situation where you have diversified style of accounts, you can pay a lot lower amount in taxes. That's why we talk about on the last podcast why younger people right out of college should focus on the Roth 401k and that tax-free savings until they really need a tax break. And that's why when you're you know 50 plus trying to do catch-up contributions and your kids are out of college, you can finally save a lot more. Do pre-tax deferrals, do a, a mix of Roth deferrals, after tax to Roth and the Mega Roth 401k, um, which we've done whole shows on the mega Roth 401k, and the amount that you can put in for 2023 is is jumped quite a bit. So get that tax diversification. The other thing that drives your retirement and how much you need to retire is your Social Security earnings. When you go online and you get an estimate from Social Security of how much your Social Security income is going to be, the report assumes you continue to earn what you're earning now until the date that you start taking Social Security. So the, the normal retirement age for people, most people now is 67. A lot of people wait until they're 70 because there's a big increase in payments. But so what if you're going to work until you're 60 and then take social security at 70, the numbers are going to be slightly different. And the other thing is that what if you're going to work to your 60 and then go part-time from 60 to 70, the numbers are going to be different. So you have to be a little bit more careful. And I would also be very careful on what rate you're using for annual increases in social security in your future. Because why we had a really large jump in Social Security earnings for retirees this last year, um, that's really just kind of caused more of a problem in the system, where in 2034 or so, it's estimated that Social Security is going to have less income than it's paying out, so it's going to have to be adjusted. So essentially, that cost of living increase will be replaced in some way, shape, or form with higher taxes either, either now or in the future or a later retirement date for Social Security. So Social Security adjusts this a lot as well. And when you look at Social Security in terms of here's a payment that's going to last till age from age like 67 to 70 until the day you die, for most people, that's a present value. That's like having a lump sum of two hundred dollars to $400,000, depending on how long you're going to live and how much you've been earning, if you maxed out Social Security or not. Another driving force of retirement is your overall asset allocation. How much do you need? is determined by the rate of return that you use on your projections. Are you a very conservative, risk-free investor? Can you not handle volatility at all so most of your money is in things like CDs and T-notes and T-bills and and I-bonds and things like that where you're only going to earn 35 to 4.5%? Or are you a normal, you know, balanced investor where you've got like 60% and, you know, 55 to 60% in stocks and the rest in bonds, cash and things like that. And you're going to average more like 7% or more over your 35 years of retirement from age 65 to 100. And then then there's longevity as well. But look, people people talk about this all, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to live past 80 because neither of my parents did what is so exciting in the world of investing right now is the kind of the, the merger here, I guess between science and technology and healthcare and some of the stuff that you can do to essentially alter what your genes can do negatively for you. (laughs) So uh, the amount that you can do in terms of, testing for foods that negatively affect you for you know probiotics reducing inflammation those that have money can spend that money on living a lot longer so i don't like it when people say okay i just want to make sure i have enough to live till age 80 because my parents died at 70 look we could be half bionic by that age and so to set yourself up for failure and running out of money at age 80 just because that's what your longevity says, it's, it's not a very good idea. Between artificial hearts and lungs and all this kind of stuff that's coming down the line, um, breakthroughs in cancer and, and gene therapy and things like that, it's it, that's not something that you want to do, in my opinion. Everybody should make sure they have enough to last till age 100. I've had three clients live past age 100. I had a client once, she was 98 years old, and she was up on a ladder cleaning her own gutters and fell off and broke her hip and was only in the hospital for like uh, a week, went to a nursing home for three weeks and then was back home moving around like nothing happened. So you could end up like that. So have enough money to last till age 100. Don't cut yourself short just because of some current healthcare conditions or you know healthcare conditions that might have occurred in your family. So how much you need for retirement, is really the net present value of your expenses growing with inflation. Remember that? Now, luckily, there's a lot of calculators that are out there, so you don't need to get your Texas Instrument calculator out and figure out your net present value um, formulas or write it down on paper like we all had to do to take the Certified Financial Planner designation courses. Um, You go to places like calculator.net. It has all these things. But it is seriously a garbage in garbage out type of situation anytime i play with online calculators um, it's like okay what assumptions are being forced into this thing what are the tax situations here that typically online calculators cannot assume correctly what's the rate of return that's being used a lot of online calculators for retirement you can't even tell like what rate of return they're using for retirement we talked about safe assumptions already, so you, you've got to have your expenses, your overall expenses, plus your healthcare costs, which I mentioned earlier in the show, at least sixty nine ninety per person in retirement, sixty five or older, and then you've got to do some cash flow analysis to figure out what are your taxes. But what's a basic idea? Maybe you're you know sixty four years old, and you're like, do I have anywhere close to enough to retire at sixty five? Let's say you're spending one hundred grand a year right now for expenses. Uh, plus your healthcare costs that you're going to face in retirement. Maybe you're getting your healthcare covered now by your employer. So you realize that okay, my expenses plus my healthcare costs that Chad mentioned is 100 grand a year. A safe assumption at that rate is uh, uh, there's you know deductions and standard deductions, itemized deductions, things like that. A safe amount that you could assume just for a very rough calculation, not to make a decision, but to say, am I anywhere close to this deal? is 12% effective federal rate and 6% effective state rate. Now, 18% total taxes sounds low, but there's deductions and things like that that occur. In retirement, there's different ways to draw on assets where um, you can keep your taxes fairly low. But the way that you calculate this is, okay, if I need $100,000 a year to pay my expenses plus healthcare costs, but then I got to draw out enough to pay taxes, and your effective bracket in the situation is, 18%, you divide your $100,000 by one minus your tax bracket. So one minus 0.18. And this person would need to pull out $121,951 let's just call it one hundred twenty-two grand a year in order to pay taxes, pay their expenses, and pay their healthcare costs. So this person would need a lump sum large enough to support one hundred twenty-two per year increasing with inflation for 35 years. So that's a net present value calculation, right? What's the 122 a year growing with inflation for 35 years? How much do you need right now in order to support that? And in that net present value calculation, you need to use a conservative rate of return that adjusts for inflation. Man, this is way too much math for radio, but <laughs> here we go. Because the idea is how much you need for retirement. And what you go through and what you know financial planning software does is much more detailed than this. But in a general sense, you can... Basically find the net present value of how much you're going to spend. And you can use different calculators online, but basic ones like calculator.net for net present value are are fine. And even have some retirement calculators there. You don't make life decisions on these things, but you can get an idea of where you're at. So when you're using net present value, you have to assume a certain amount of return and a certain amount of inflation. Now, what I would suggest is using a conservative rate of return, not something that I'll expect that you'll earn over retirement. Because I, I expect over a thirty-five year period, you'll earn more than this. But you got to be conservative in case you go through a very poor situation, like re- retiring in the mid seventies during stagflation. So we all know that stocks average about ten, eleven percent over the you know twenty-plus year period. So that's with reinvested dividends in retirement. You take those dividends. So I'm going to assume 8% on stocks. I'm going to assume 2.5% on cash because you have a mix of checking account money and and the safe money that we talked about earlier in the show. And let's assume that bonds stay very low where they are now, around 3.5%, 4%. And so if you have a mix of 50% stocks, 10% cash, 40% bonds, your rate of return, growth in income is going to be, if you want to do a conservative number, at 5.65%. So I wouldn't use much more than that when you're trying to base these decisions on it if you're really close to retirement now if you're far away from retirement you got to use some different numbers because you're more aggressively positioned but i'm talking about somebody that's in their 60s trying to say do i have anywhere near enough to retire so and then you have to adjust that for inflation and you're typically using two and a half percent on normal costs five percent on healthcare costs so long story short since we're running out of time here the net present value of 122 grand a year from for 35 years is almost 2.8 million dollars. That's how much this person would need to have saved up in order to have enough money to where, when they die at age 100, they're essentially out of money and all they have left is their home. Okay. Now most people that we work with, things like that, have rental properties and other issues that come into play. But this is a basic, you know, back of the envelope calculation. But hey, we forgot to adjust this for Social Security, right? Now let's assume this person gets twenty five grand a year in Social security or this this couple um, if that's the case, remember how I said earlier in the show most people their present value of their Social security for life payments are two hundred to four hundred and forty thousand or so so in this scenario that knocks the need down from two point eight to $2.3 dollars so that is just a very rough idea of You know what a a basic lump sum would be to give you an idea, not to retire and to make a decision to go into retirement, but do I have enough? And yes, now is the time to get with a certified financial planner, a fiduciary-based fee only that can really help me make these decisions. How should my portfolio look like? What should my draw strategy be between different types of accounts like 401ks and Roths and cash and and normal. Uh, accounts that hold my mutual funds, ETFs and stocks. Now, when you're 45 and you're trying to determine this is if this is, you know, gonna work at age sixty five, you take your current expenses plus the healthcare costs that I mentioned, essentially double that and then do the formula. Because you gotta realize that you're gonna be spending more by from forty five to sixty five. Now a simpler way to estimate this is is that you know using the proper draw rate. We've already done shows on why the 4% draw rate um, is not a good rule of thumb. Back when the 4% draw rate, meaning that if you uh, can live off of 4% of your current portfolio value now, you should be able to draw that out and adjust it upwards each year with inflation. That was developed in the 90s. Bonds were paying a much higher rate of return. And uh, now we're dealing with lower rates, but yet higher inflation. So what you can do is kind of a basic approach would be a draw rate. And the rate that I would like you to use to be safe to know if you're anywhere close is 3.7%. Because of where the bond market still is, which is much more attractive, I mean, I significantly more attractive than it was a year or two ago, it's still at a historically low rate, right? When I got into the business... 28 years ago we could tie up money in very safe places for anywhere from five to ten years and earn six to seven percent guaranteed now the most i've seen is like 4.6 percent guaranteed for five years which sounds pretty good in this environment but you can see the difference here right so it's a much lower rate environment so essentially if you Look at your overall portfolio and you multiply it by 0.037. Will that pay your expenses, pay your healthcare costs, and pay your taxes? That's the question. And if it's close, then it's like, okay, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe I need to get some more detail. But look, I mean, the right time to get a very detailed financial plan is. When it starts to be overwhelming, it's very easy. I mean, we've even got you know fifteen things to do before you need to hire a financial advisor. Our account minimum is a half a million dollars, so we you know there's there's a lot of things that people can do, especially since you can put thirty grand now if you're fifty year old or older in a four hundred one k. There's a lot of things you can do to save for retirement before you need help. But once you get to the point where I can't make decisions anymore, I'm like a deer in headlights between all the different account types and and how much I should be putting into different. You know, 401ks versus, versus Roth, what my asset allocation should look like. I don't know what I should be buying. I keep doing these, you know, emotional buys and sells and it's time to delegate it. That's great. But what's really important is 10 years prior to retirement, you have to start transitioning your portfolio to a retirement style distribution strategy where you alter your allocation over time rather than at the date of retirement, which is very dangerous and get very detailed tax planning. One of the ways I mean, the market's going to do what it's going to do, but one of the ways that you can save a ton of money in retirement is very tax-efficient withdrawal strategies, which accounts to draw from IRA to Roth conversions, all of those things that can save you a ton of money over that 35-year period. And that's what that event that's coming up is going to do to show you just how to do that. So go sign up, robblack.com or chadburton.com com. i have all the podcast links downloadables check it out go to chadburton.com thanks for listening please tell a friend about the show